You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Hello and welcome to Sports Best Friends Stories, a podcast that is looking a bit like Austin Powers, the international man of mystery. I'm Michael Carboni, and sitting patiently across from me today with a red wine in his hand yes. is the normal host of this show, Big T. How are you, Biggest? I'm great, but now there should definitely be that... Now that I've heard your voice, we should hear that, your song. Uh, so today... Um, we're doing the double header. The double header, mate. This is your um, amazing brainchild where we put two of the ugliest but sexiest voices, ugliest faces, sexiest voices <laughs> don't, together. Don't tell anyone. Um, yeah, I can't wait to say which way Mercho, because also we're connected through one producer, so I can't wait to see which way Mercho puts the music. Yeah, that's awesome. So for any of the listeners that don't know what the hell is going on, <laughs> uh, the double header, so Biggest Tiger, Big T, sitting mm. across from me, he's the host of Sporting Best Friends, Stories. You need to pause there between sporting best yeah. and stories. And as you know, I'm the the host of Chasing Kangaroos, as my listeners know. So please, we decided tonight. Yeah, sorry. Go please ahead. let me do a sports best friends intro to you. Do it. Do it. <clears throat> Michael is the host of world's best podcast focused on growing the game of rugby league. He is a brand ambassador for the Red Star Belgrade, a member of the Golden Boot Committee, the only man who has ever hosted an official. IRL affiliated podcast and is the brains behind this double header medley of a podcast episode. Please welcome the man who chases kangaroos, Michael Carboni. <laughs> you make me sound a lot better than I actually am. That's why I'm going to get paid the big bucks. <laughs> so, to any listeners that want to know what's going on, we're going to start off with Sporting Best Friends stories, uh, which will be Biggest Tiger, Big T. We can't say his real name because no, he's ooh. a dentist. Or, or a school teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then we'll go into the final episode of Chasing Kangaroos straight after that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Old school double header. Mm. For, been looking forward to this for a while. And I get to say fuck you to Gadi at the end. You can say it at the end. Yes. I'm, I'm, I've wanted someone else to want to say it at the end. Yeah. Like, you know, I give listeners or, or you know, co hosts a chance. Yeah. They're like, nah, man, you got to say it. Yeah. So that's good. I'm glad you said that. Excellent. Now, well, let's, while we're talking about podcasts, how did you get into podcasting? Man, it's just something I've always kind of wanted to do. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I like there's probably about thirty on rotation on my on my pod at the Whoa. moment, and I've always loved that. Like go, you're on your way to work, or you're having a jog, or whatever. You've always got something in your ears, right? So I've always listened to podcasts. Wanted to start my own. Uh, some mates of mine wanted to do it with us with me as well, and for years we spoke about what our podcast would be about, and we sort of just effed around a little bit. Can I mm-hmm. swear on your show? Yeah, get involved. We fucked around for a long time just yeah. trying to figure out... It's your show as well, so what go for the, it. <laughs> ...what the podcast would be about. So originally it was going to be my mate, myself and my mate Charlie, and it was going to be a St. George Illawarra Dragons podcast. All oh, right. And we wanted to get in while this podcast thing was getting big and there was no other really Dragons-related shows out there. I don't think... That, I think there probably still isn't. Uh, but eventually it turned into an international podcast and um, I, I started using an app called Anchor, which if anyone wants to get started, then it's a good place to start. Check oh. that out. A lot of people ask me for advice on it, and I give them that advice. But um, So, yeah, got started on Anchor. It's really easy, and we started the Chasing Kangaroos podcast 
probably about a year ago. So tell me, tell me, like two or three podcasts that you were listening to just before you kicked your one off. Like, what were the what were the ones that you were kind of listening to and going, "Yes, this is me. This is what I should be doing." I don't remember life before the pot. No, I'm just oh, really? kidding. Oh, damn it! <laughs> but, um, look, I, like I said, I listened to heaps. I've listened to heaps of podcasts back then, but it's always been like a, probably a fifty fifty split of rugby league podcast yep. or business marketing podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah, tr- uh, totally. And um, so like a good business marketing podcast I listen to would be, I don't know if you know who Gary Vaynerchuk Definitely is. Definitely do not. Okay, the Gary V podcast. He has That's a, a great name for a podcast. Drops a pod every day. He is Holy like, shit. Yeah, he's crazy, right? But he's probably the biggest marketer in the world when it comes to like social media, online, all that sort of stuff. So his story is, you know, born in Soviet Union, moved to the States with his parents when he was three, hustled his whole life, you know, used to sell baseball cards or, you know, sweep up. Uh, clean up like snow driveways yep. in, in in New York, and um, eventually got into his dad's business. Turned it from he was a wine a wine store in New York, right? Jumped on like became one of the first online wine stores in America. Wow! Turned the business from a three million dollar to a sixty million dollar a year business. Oh, right. Started investing in Uber, um, Fuck, really? Facebook, Twitter. Mm. Multi millionaire now has his own ad- agency. I used to listen to this guy every day. I still do, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. And he would be on, he would talk about, you know, how important voice is and podcasting and all that sort of thing. So he was a big inspiration. But hold on, but he was talking about how to make like a podcast better or, I mean, he's talking, he's got to do something every day. So his content is just like life stuff now. Like, Well, is- his, his content is he basically has a guy and this is going to sound wanky. And if you haven't heard of him, you'd think he's a wanker, mm-hmm. right? But he'd have a guy following him around recording his day because he wanted to show people how hard he works all day, every okay, day. Okay, right, right. So he'd just rec- he'd record his day. And from that, he might have podcast episodes or he might uh, record interviews with people or mm. uh, keynote speeches that he does and Q&As and things like that. Wow. So he would build all of this content and be able to smash out a podcast every day. Wow. Very inspirational. Uh, from a rugby league perspective, so I've, I've listened to all of them, man, like probably all the podcasts you listen to, but from a like – Someone that inspired me to start my show would have been Nate Gladden, Rugby League in America podcast. Mm -hmm. I started listening to him probably a few months before I started my podcast. And and just the idea that just a regular dude was doing this thing, I thought, Mm. you know what, I've got to start. Like, I can do this too. Um, And Nate, funnily enough, was the very first person to follow the podcast on Instagram. He reached out straight away. He said, hey, man. I've downloaded your first episode. I can't wait to listen to it. And he's been a listener ever since, and yep. he and I have become really good friends. So, yep. man, I hope that answers your question, but that's yeah, probably definitely. the two. And he has – I remember listening to his um, as well and thinking I've never heard a guy – he was like episode three or four, and yeah. he, he already sounded like he was talking so perfectly to his audience. He was like almost – at, this sounds gross, but almost kissing his mic. He had such a sense of casualness <laughs> with like just his timing of, you know, it's time for popcorn and whiskey. Yeah, it's like yeah. this this guy feels so comfortable and it feels like he's looking into the mic and can see everyone he's talking to and feels really comfortable. Whereas often you hear people, you know, it's like you can feel them staring at the top of the ceiling going, so another thing I was going to say was, whereas this guy just has an oozes confidence. It's classic American doing an excellent job of being yeah. an American. And he's such a genuine dude. He probably has two or three whiskeys before he starts, so that <laughs> helps. But um, he, like, I don't know how he does it. Like, most of his episodes are just him talking to Mike for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think, like, when, like, I've had ho- co-hosts on the show 
when they couldn't commit week to week, I was getting guests on every week. I can't, I very rarely have an episode where it's just me talking to myself. Yep. Nate seems to do that and do that really well. So yep. hats off to him because he does a great job. And at the risk of blowing your balloon, he and you are the only two people that I'm happy to when they're like, oh, so my podcast person isn't here today. I'm often like, well, that's me then. I'm not listening to you talk to the ceiling. <laughs> but you two both can carry 30 or 40 minutes where oh, thanks, it sounds man. like you're talking to me. <laughs> um, now, this speaking of doing an excellent job, this year has been pretty incredible for Chasing Kangaroos. I mean, yeah. is this your first year? Yeah, we uh, probably had our one-year anniversary a couple of weeks ago. Now-ish? Yeah. yeah. How, like, talk us through that. How, I mean... Man, it's just been a lot of fun. It's gone very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of the things that have happened, I wouldn't have expected 12 months ago. Right. You know, the sort of feedback that I'm getting, I wouldn't have expected 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. The sort of niche followers that we have, like, it's been pretty crazy. Like, there are it's in, like there are people out there that would message me. And, like, I'm always happy to have a conversation online, like on social media and what have you. People message me saying, oh, you know, I didn't know that there was anything else really outside of the NRL. Like I knew about Super League and whatever, but I didn't know there was this much going on. And now I like the international game more than I like the NRL. Yeah, right. And it's just crazy to get feedback like that and people that that tell me that like Chasing Kangaroos is their favourite podcast. And it's fucking weird, man, because I'm like, man, that's like it's just, I don't know, it's very humbling but very weird as well, and I'm very grateful to get feedback like that. Yeah. Negative feedback is fine as well, yeah. but luckily- Send like, it to I don't care at chasingkangaroos.com. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't get a lot of negative feedback, which yeah. is good. I think people genuinely um, like and respect that we're trying to do something a little bit different and pretty yeah. special. So, and, and, and everyone who listens to it, especially the Golden Points, can tell that you can't just type in- what happened in Jamaican Rugby League this week? Mm. And you just read that out. Like there is a huge amount of work that goes into finding <laughs> out the score lines of all of the the things. And the best, I bring up Jamaica because I loved the Toronto Wolfpack story. And the moment I heard it was happening, I got involved. I tried to become a global ambassador, blah, blah, blah. But they're so far now in my back burner of like international yeah. rugby league care. That I'm, anytime you bring up Jamaica, I'm like turning it up going, what's happening in Jamaica? Tell me what the boys are doing. Tell me I'll what the girls that, are doing. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Oh, Jamaica's the best. <laughs> and when they, I mean, them beating America and then the nines footage you had the other day of them all dancing and stuff. Oh, my so God. So much fun. It just brings, like we talk about, the culture that the Pacific Islands are bringing to International Rugby League, rugby league in general. Mm. Um, And Jamaica is just something else. And I'm really, like, they are what I'm looking forward to the most at the 2021 World Cup. They probably won't win a game. But if they do, that's awesome. Yes. Um, I guess it depends on which pool they're in. But, like, it's not about that. Like, the vibe, the culture, it's going to be something else. And I think a lot of rugby league fans who don't know much about the international game are going to be pleasantly surprised when they hear Jamaican accents being interviewed. Like, <laughs> yeah. like going to be awesome. Yeah. Now, what happens next year to help you get to the next level? Like, what could, what is the next thing that you or the podcast could possibly do? Like, even Dream World. Because, I mean, one of the dreams would have been, oh, be on, like, the Golden Boot Committee. Well, tick. So what yeah. else could you possibly do? What's the next level? Man, it's, it's uh, I don't know the answer to that question, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, if you told me 12 months ago that I'd be, hosting the official International Rugby League podcast yep. or, you know, helping award the golden boot, I would have not believed you. Yep. So, you know, that sort of ex- that sort of stuff has exceeded my expectations very quickly. Um, but, I, you know, and look, I've got long-term plans for the, sh- for the show. There's a lot that I'd like to do. How long have you got, man? We could talk yeah, for no. hours. But there's, I'll, I'll tell you, like, a couple of things. Like, I think the next 12 months for me is about – just building the listeners, building the family, like just uh, like growing it in that respect. 
but also using the new network that I've developed to try and make some more things happen around the world. So yeah. I'll give you like, these aren't things that I normally talk about um, to anyone or let alone while we're recording, but I'm going to say a few things because, you know, it might spur some new ideas yeah. or might get some things in it's motion. It's a podcast, man. You yeah, don't know what's going to yeah, happen. You know, who knows? <laughs> so, you know, I'm having conversations with people that run or that are heads of like country rugby league sort of locations that are talking to me about maybe having like a chasing kangaroos scholarship where we bring oh, players across from places like Jamaica or Greece or Serbia yeah, yeah, yeah. that can play for a year and they'll hook them up with jobs and things like that in country New South Wales, for yeah. example. I'm not saying that will happen, but the discussions yeah, are happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm talking to, you know, there are guys that have, um, that have like a videographer in Greece who has been following the Greek rugby league team on their World Cup journey who's now editing a movie about that, Shit, like yeah. a documentary about that. Mm. So I've had discussions with him and others that like, like work with him about, you know, maybe having like a launch night in Marrickville here in Sydney, get the Greek community together yep. and all money raised goes to like funding the guys over in Greece for their mm. World Cup campaign. Um, so there's there's things like that that I'm talking to people about and there's like so many more, like I could I could ra keep rattling them off. Will any of them happen? I don't know. Will I try to make stuff like that happen? I'll do whatever I can. Yeah. Um. So I think, yeah, the idea for the next four month, months, I don't know where mm. it will go. Mm. Um. It's funny. I spoke to uh, Mary Kay, Ladies Who League, and um, and her boyfriend Jimmy, the 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 man behind the Ladies Who League. <laughs> and uh, also, I got to look at my watch. It's summer, so it's now Ladies Who Leg Spin. Ladies Who Leg Spin. Sorry, man. Switched over. It's summer. So I met them at um in Wollongong for the Australia New Zealand Test. Yeah. earlier this year for the first time. Like I've had them on my podcast, yeah. but met them in person. And you were wearing a media and lanyard at the time. Yeah, Don't let you forget. That. It was hey, so great. That photo was amazing. Hey. Um, <laughs> and I, um, Jimmy's very tall as well. So I felt a bit like North, Pro like the, the Proven Summons medal. Like he's like seven <laughs> foot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. But um, so Mary's been doing her podcast for two years. And I said, so. Ladies what? and Legs only been around for two years. That's what she said. That's Holy what she told me. Holy crap. So I said to her, she goes, It feels like it's been a part of our lives for a decade. It's been crazy. She does such a great job too, by yeah. the way. And I, I asked her, like, what does year two look like? And she goes, Michael, you're going to explode. You don't understand what the next four months is like. So I'm like, I'm kind of, I was excited by that. Mm. I don't know what it brings. I don't care what it brings, man, because yeah, yeah. really I've achieved more than I would have expected already. Yeah. So anything else is a bonus. And if I can do... If I can keep growing and do my bit to help grow the game, then that's what I'm here for, man. And the great thing about that is most of what you just said then is non-podcast related. That was all like community related. And that's really what the show, so much of the spirit of the show is about or you're about with your connection to this is just how, like not just how can I grow the podcast, it's how can I like actually use the podcast to help grow the game. Well, that's what it is. It's, it mm. eventually will be and it should already be bigger than the podcast. Yeah. Like the podcast at the end of the day I've learnt is just another social media channel yeah. next to my Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, right? And maybe I should get on LinkedIn and YouTube and all that sort of thing. Who knows? But um, it's not just about that. And I see, like, when I, t when I think about chasing kangaroos in the next five to ten years, I see it being more than a podcast. Yeah. Um, what that means, we'll have to wait and see, but... It's definitely growing. You're sounding like a superhero, and often when you have people on, you ask them for their Marvel backstory. So let's go with yours. How did you get started in the rugby league? How did I get started? So how I became a fan? Um, it's my old man. Like I was, he's uh, 
he was a Dragons fan, St. George Dragons fan from way back. I think his cousins took him to a game at Cogra. St. George won that day and he was a Dragons fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was born without a choice. Yeah. Just like my kids. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, my daughter said she likes Newcastle because the princess lives in the castle and Damn I can't it. I can't complain. I can't argue with that. Yeah, there's no, yeah. But, and um, the dragons, what's keeping her there? Like oh, you're in a lot of trouble with this fairy exactly. tale thing. Exactly. How do I win that battle? <laughs> so, look, but I've just been a Dragons fan for longer than I, like, before I had first memories, I was a Dragons fan. Oh, rad. And that's just, that's that's my origin story, man. Yeah. That's how it is. And so do you actually have a first rugby league memory? You're yeah. already a fan, but do you know what the memory was? You're not going to like my first memory. That's okay. 1989 grand final. Yes, yeah, everyone's favorite memory. Uh, but I, all, I don't remember, I didn't watch it. Right. Uh, we were heading back home from a family holiday, driving back from Port Macquarie, and it was on grand final day, so my mum must have booked the holiday because my dad wouldn't have done that. <laughs> and dad's like flicking through the stations because obviously he can't get the Sydney station. Yeah, of course. He's so he's like trying to get the grand final on, and um, it was, yeah, it was the, the 1989 grand final. So I do, I remember listening to that on the way home from our family holiday. That's wow. my first memory. Yeah, four years old. So. Yeah, Wow. <laughs> Yeah. That's so cute. And um, the, I don't know if you remember the ending, but the Tigers won, so you don't need to go and look that up. Um, <laughs> do you have, I mean, you, you've done so much to promote every aspect of the game, yep. but if you could go back to anything that you've seen this year that you weren't at, what game do you wish you, would, you were at? Anything this, this year? This year specifically. That's easy. I wish I was at the Tonga Australia game. Oh, really? Because I feel like that was a one of those defining moments in International Rugby League. Uh, luckily, St. George have been crap this year, so I don't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. I would focus solely on International, but this year? Okay, what about this? Because I, I think I hated that game. I loved I loved <laughs> the big picture of it. I understood the whole time I was very conscious of the big picture of it. Yeah. But I think it was important to to hate it because... It's, that's a lot of respect for Tonga. Like I watched that game going, this is great, it's a contest. Yeah. But the whole time I was like, well, you know, it'd be great if it's a contest that we win. Yeah. And and the fact that they not only won but like like it, I didn't feel like, although it was close, I didn't really feel like we had anything on them. And Tui Lola here was just like doing that incredible thing he does when he's wearing that jersey that I, I was screaming. I was at a pub with a friend of mine who was there for because the, the rugby union final was on afterwards and everyone at the pub was waiting for rugby union and I was screaming at this television anytime, particularly when Tedesco took that. He was so, I think he scooped it up from dummy half and almost scored. Yeah. And that, the stool went flying. I was shouting, go, go, and he didn't score. And I was like, fuck, that would have been, he wins the grand final in state yeah. of origin and he wins this game. Maybe won the golden boot. Yeah. If that <laughs> happened. <laughs> but... Yeah, and I and I left that going. I think I tweeted something about how great it was, but also, uh, like, I felt this was even better that I, I cared so much that it wasn't just could we beat like Tonga was a real threat that I feel like we needed to beat. I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah. I want to feel that way eventually. <laughs> so, well, like, can I just ask you, like, have you do you normally support the Kangaroos? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, this- I want to see us destroy people. I think we played Tonga a year or two ago. And I and we were beating them thirty yeah. something to ten or something. I was like, I'd be happy for this to go to fifty or sixty. I want them to play well, but I want us to kill people because, as a Tigers fan, I have to watch yeah. people lose all the time. Well, this is where I'm weird, right? And right. I thought it was. I, I don't know if I thought it was normal, but it's definitely something that's abnormal. And maybe a lot of my a lot of the chasing kangaroos listeners probably agree with with like they feel the same way as yeah, me, yeah. which is nice. I found my little family, but for as long as I remember as well, I've always supported whoever the kangaroos are playing. Really, because. 
I want international rugby league to yeah, be yeah. competitive yeah. And, and and the only way for that to happen is for Australia to start losing. Yeah. And I've been waiting for such a long time for, you know, England or Great Britain to be dominant. New Zealand have had moments, you know, they're mm. ranked world number one at the moment. They won mm. a World Cup in 2013. Those were great. But I, I, I've just, you know, I've, I've always wanted comp- a competitive international scene. Yeah. And my goal, I've said this on other podcasts as well in the past, but my international rugby league goal is to support the Kangaroos eventually. And I'm glad you're there. It's never bizarre. Yeah. It's but weird. I, I completely understand what you're saying. But if maybe like if they have 10 years of shitness, mm. then maybe I can support the underdog being the Australian Kangaroos. No, 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 no. I can't. It's very I completely understand it. And so I don't even feel it's un-Australian. I think there's something about me that doesn't like losing. Yeah. And I have to endure it so much. So but you're a Tigers fan. What I would so Yeah, I know. I don't know if you're here. <laughs> but what I think I would in, much prefer is, is England and New Zealand playing each other, everyone else getting really, really good. And their games being really close, and and they're almost beating us. And everyone wants to see. It's like Queensland and New South Wales. Where, like, will someone finally beat Australia this year? They look so good. Oh, they still didn't do it. Damn it. Yeah. Because Queensland seemed to love it when they were winning eleven in a row. And I understand that Australia's been doing that, you know, since the early nineties now. Longer, man. but I've been loving yeah. that. Yeah, but yeah. the early nineties trips where we'd go to Great Britain and you know those games were really close and we'd win on the bell. Yeah, but that was excellent. Yeah. And I'm happy to do that. Win on the bell <laughs> against Tonga. <laughs> I'll be happy with that. Hopefully, in ten years' time, when yeah, we've yeah. had some other world champs and things yeah. like that. So we'll see how we go, man. But it's I, I like hearing other people's perspectives because I think mine's quite weird. What about um? What about any game in history? If you could have gone and seen any game ever, in- <laughs> can I pick eleven games? Because I'm a Dragons <laughs> fan. <laughs> I'm a Dragons fan. Out of that time, is there is there? A, I mean, I don't know much about it except for that happened. Is there times where they're way more dominant? Like, there's a grand final they win by a lot, or is there, are they all pretty close? Or? I think they've all been close-ish, mm. but like they're obviously dominant for a long period of time. Um, you know, to be honest, I'm kind of if if I actually had, you know, the DeLorean and could go back in time, mm. maybe I'd hate it because back then, like. It was probably a different game, you know. Yeah, it's had, a lot like rugby union. It was much more like rugby union back then, you know. Was it unlimited tackles or was it for back then and yeah. all that sort of thing? They so, changed allegedly to stop the dragons. Well, that's what they had to do, right? And we might have to do that for the roosters soon. Who knows? Mm. Change some rules, but maybe some tighter salary cap rules. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but but you know, I'm I'd probably say that you know maybe i wouldn't have enjoyed rugby league as much back then right. for some of those reasons and it's weird to say that but no but i know what you mean because do you want to go back you don't probably want to go back and watch the first one because you like the, everyone's celebrating but no one knows yeah. that this is a dynasty yeah but and you also don't want to watch the 11th one because they're all now like yeah we've won another grand yeah, final yeah. and you're like no this is your last one like rip this up you know which game i'd love to go back and watch i've I watched this game i was at this game but um 1996 semi-final dragons roosters and we won I think it was 25 to 6 because Noel Goldthorpe kicked a, a no reason field goal at the end, which he <laughs> always did. Field goal. I love the it. best. I love that stuff. Yeah. But I was at that game. I was 11 years old. We sat with the Dragon Army for the, one of the, the first time. And back then, the Dragon Army was like the RBB. Like, it was crazy. Like, right. singing, dancing, chanting. It was insane. Packed house. We just beat the Roosters. I don't know if you remember 1996, but we weren't even meant, we weren't meant to be anywhere near the finals. Right. But we made the grand final that year. We lost so many players to Super League. They all eventually came back, except Gordon Tallis. Um, we were, we were t- people were talking about us folding, moving to Adelaide, merging with the Roosters, all this crap. But somehow we defied the odds. And that semi final in '96 was probably my greatest rugby league memory. Right. And I just remember coming home. We're driving back home, you know, to, on Parramatta Road towards the M4, 
and everyone was honking their horns, flags going nuts. And I felt like it was just going to go on and on forever. Yeah. And I wish I could go back to that day because it was that like was the greatest. Yeah, that's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, what about if you could go with a person? If you could go back and watch any game with someone, who who do you really wish you could watch a game with? Oh, that's a tough question. I feel like everyone says their dad, mm. like their old man. Maybe I'd and I've watched a lot of games of him. Um, and you don't I, have to pick your dad. I love watching. I love watching games with my dad. Like he got me into the game, but. There's so many people, man, like, but I think I'd wait until my kids are a bit older and then take them back. This is a great answer. So future kid. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, my, I don't, my kids might not even like rugby league. Yep. You know, who knows? They, they, look, I'm, I'm pretty lenient. They can do what they want, right? But my daughter's turning four in March. My son's just turned one recently and I'd love to take them to some of these games eventually and if yeah give if them I, a 1996 if I could experience. share 96 yeah. with them back when st george were good <laughs> that would be pretty cool yeah yeah what about you you i know you always have an answer so I'm- no i didn't do one for this app because i was i was so excited about you the i often have one about that about that person so if i could go back i mean i I would want to probably go to the fifth grand final. I was going to say that before. If I, yeah. The fifth um, um, Dragons one. Because I think by then everyone knows this is special. Yeah. And everyone, but everyone's thinking, I don't know if this is going to keep going. Yeah. And also around that time, and I'm making this up, but around that time Souths are pretty good and Balmain's pretty good. Mm. And there's just no one can actually beat the, um, them. There's one that we play, there's one Balmain plays the Dragons and, and closely loses. So if I could go back and, you know, punch a butterfly to make, you know, the ball not go over the post or something so that we win one of those. So the weather team that breaks that. But who knows, we might not be sitting here now yeah. having this podcast. I'd be it's worth it. <laughs> it's it's worth like, it. <laughs> if Bowman break the record. Just like you know how everyone says uh, uh that Queensland won eleven out of twelve or whatever. They yeah. just continued, even though we won one on they don't care, they continued the record. If the Tigers could break that so it's like oh, oh the Dragons won ten out of their eleven oh, straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloody Tigers. That's worth not existing for. That would have been cool. But now future son, that's what that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. If anyone ever asked me, I want to go, because I've taken Littlest to Leichhardt three times now and none of them have been for a men's NRL game. He went to a women's oh, yeah. one. He went and saw the Dragons versus the Roosters actually in their game. Oh, yeah, Leichhardt cool. That was recently. a good game. That was a great game. And um, and he hated, he hated every minute of it. But we went to <laughs> a a women's game as well. And the New South Wales Cup with a um, West Tigers played um, a Wenty Magpies, and he loved that because he just learned how to clap. Yeah, and so, and so we walked around, and everyone would clap when anything would happen. And he was like, clapping's great. And I was like, clapping is great. This is a great time. Tiger scored. Good so job. Does, does he have a choice? He's a Tigers. Hell's fan. no. He is one of the he he worked out star milk. Tiger. There were the three <laughs> things that he could pinpoint in the room before he could get me or his grandmother or mama. It was he, I would show him a tiger, and he would say tiger, tiger. Take it away. Stop saying. It. Back in front of him. He has he has a football West Tigers football membership thing, and if you say where's the tiger, he'll roll the ball until the tiger badge, and then he points at it. That's great, man. It's it's a lot of work. He couldn't crawl or walk or anything for a long period of time, but he could goddamn identify a tiger. Let's hope for a twenty thirty Dragons Tigers grand final. We'll take the little ones. And yeah, well they'll be playing. They'll be playing. Oh, well, yeah, they might be. 20, 30, yeah. They'll, they'll be ball boys. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'll be, yeah, or some weird Luke Brooks will be the coach and, and, and Littlest will be the youngest halfback. I have another friend who had a kid, Matty Boom, who's sometimes on the podcast. He had a kid almost at the same time. And he and I both often joke straight face that they're going to be the halves for New South Wales. Yeah. And he, he gave us a birthday card recently, and the whole card is just from his son talking about, 
you know, when we're outside, you know, we're running a short side play, you know, all the blah, 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 all this stuff. Because it's really going to happen. I say things like that too, but then I remember the lack of skill that I had. Yeah, and that... I think, well, hopefully he takes after his mother or something like that. <laughs> she was great at rugby league. <laughs> well, I don't know. She was good at netball apparently. <laughs> yeah, well, but, there you go. You know. That, that'll transfer. I don't think they need to. Half the players, anyone who has a dad who was great, you know, some of them go on to also be great. But the, that's a, that's 1%. Everyone else had a mum and dad who couldn't play rugby league yeah, and they're true. all there. So you just had to support them and not be a douchebag. And I'm doing half of that. I'm supporting it. <laughs> um, so you brought up before your, your favourite memory is 96. Yeah. But have you, you haven't really told us exactly why you love rugby league. What has it got that is pushing you into this huge community and a huge amount of effort? That's a tough question too. Like it could be a number of factors combined. Like is it the passion, the tradition? Is it the tribalism? Mm. Is it just the fact that I don't remember another way? You know what I mean? Like I think it could be that. I know the Dragons have been keeping me around for a long time. Like there were probably periods growing up where if it wasn't for St. George, like I follow St. George before I follow Rugby League, you know, or now St. George Illawarra. So, you know, I can understand why, you know, South Sydney fans Mm. that year didn't like turn away from the sport or, or North Sydney fans say they don't follow the sport anymore or what have you. I can kind of understand that but we're talking a little bit about this off air too i found it really interesting about how you told me that you stopped following rugby league when the the tigers merged Mm. but you came back eventually Mm. and i think that if that happened to like i think i I, I was a fan of the. i wasn't i was fine with the merger when st george merged with illawarra i had Mm. no issue with it probably because we kept our colors and our emblem and our name and everything really you know so you know, if I was on the other side, I might have been a little bit angrier, but I was happy to, you know, join with that awesome junior base and all yeah. that sort of thing. But I don't think I could have ever really, t- if, if St. George were kicked out of the comp, I don't think I could turn away from the game for that long. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would I would keep following the sport. And maybe that's more now, more due to my love for International Rugby League now as well, which I've always been a massive fan of, but obviously with the podcast, that's intensified probably watch more Serbian games than than NRL games in periods of this year as well, which is really kind of weird and mm. very unique, I suppose, as well. Man, I don't know. Like, there's just something about rugby league that is just once it's in your blood, it's it's in your blood. And yep. if, I, if I found it for the first time ever today, would I like it as much? I don't know the answer to that question, but I'd like to think that I would love it immediately. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough question, man. But, mm. Yeah, I hope I've answered it. Yeah. Sufficiently. Yeah. But I think you've nailed it because it's not just about I think most people come into it with a team. Yeah. And and now I feel the same as you. I now watch rugby league through the lens of the Tigers fan, but I'm yeah. a general I'm a rugby league fan more than anything else these days. Yeah. And that time when for between ninety nine and, and two thousand and two, two thousand and three ish, the time where I tried really hard. Well, I was angry at it. And I was a teenager. I was angry at it. I felt like they dis- personally dissed me. <laughs> I've been at every home game in nineteen ninety nine at Leichhardt through rain and whatever. And then, you know, they just didn't exist. Well, in my brain, they didn't exist anymore. But, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't keep ignoring it. People kept talking about it. I still live in the suburbs. So I'd see it everywhere. My heart would still, still to this day, whenever I see orange and black on anything, I, you know, I, I can't stop. I can't. I have to look at it and, you know, it, well, not check. I don't know how to explain it, but anything that is those colours. So, yeah, it's a community thing. I think you absolutely nailed it, which is why when you see, it's not just that you're watching rugby league in Serbia, you're also watching your community in Serbia. You're watching a whole bunch of people who believe in 
rugby league and, and Serbia, and you're just it's seeing insane, it so many places. Yeah, it is insane. So when you see Jamaicans dancing, you're like, they're dancing like, for I me. Wish they're I dancing. dance as well yeah. as these guys. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> so. they're just, that's how they're celebrating rugby league, the thing that I celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So thanks. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> thanks, uh, Andrew RLP, for your stats. Thanks, Mercho, for the producer. Yeah, big thank. Let's give Mercho a big shout out because yeah. not many people know this, but he's obviously the producer of your show. Yeah. Uh, and he. Um, produce the International Rugby League podcast for me. And I'm so grateful to that. It's so great to have him, to be working with him again for this this yeah, double yeah, header yeah. episode. But um, it's funny how that came about. And I don't know if many people know the story, but the way you and I sort of met was you reached out to me on Twitter. I don't know if you remember this, but you messaged me on Twitter and said, hey, mate, listen to your show. Hey, mate, that sounds like me. Probably yeah, you. Going. Yeah, that was oh, totally. <laughs> hey, mate, listening to your show. Uh, really love the content, can't stop listening, but the audio quality is shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and anyone who's got a rugby league podcast has got a big T <laughs> feedback thing yeah. at one stage. Hey, I'm loving this, loving this, change that, go to the year. And I'm not the best with criti- constructive criticism, oh, right? but I try, I try to be, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And I just, re- my initial reaction was, who fuck the you, Nagati. Fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Nagati. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Big T. Yeah. Who the fuck, uh, you know? Yeah. And, um, but I sat for a minute and I responded and I explained how I do it yeah. and I'm not a professional, but hopefully one day I will be. And we just kept talking. We just continued the conversation. Because it honestly came from a lovely spot. I was happy yeah. to keep listening yeah. to podcasts. I was you just were. Like, yeah. and it was constructive, like yeah. I said, but, and I, I'm learning to take that sort of stuff <laughs> better. It's probably one of the, the one piece of negative feedback. One, you know, so maybe you're one of the only honest people yeah, yeah. That, 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 you know, that have given me feedback. I don't know. But, um, and then that kind of, in the back of my mind stuck with me. So when the International Rugby League guys asked me to host their podcast, I thought I need to step this up a notch. Who can I get to help? That bastard who said change it, who it's was now his guy? problem. Who was that guy? <laughs> yeah. So gave you a call and set up Mercho and very grateful to have had yeah, his yeah. help and your, your help and support as well, man. So thank you. No, not at all. But the um, – yeah, there's lots of because I even know there was an episode where you were like, "Big T, this fucking feedback guy has got on me about golden points. I'm going to put them at the front." And then you're like, "I think it finished." And you're like, "That was terrible." So he better still be listening. And I was, I remember where I was. I just, I think I was leaving Homebush because I know it's one of those bridges. And I went, "I am listening." I thought that was better. I love how you remember where it was, like it was some yeah. big worldwide event. No man, like- even the, I, I remember where I was when I listened to that Italian episode. I was in walking between housing commissions in a part of Balmain. I, I remember distinctly because. They're they're like important. It sounds stupid, but they're important times. It's like um, particular. I mean, you said before that Italian episode really took you off, and that was because what happened in that was so interesting and and so candid that it was worth remembering where I was. It was thanks, man. I appreciate that. Why don't we uh, get into this the second part of yeah, this yeah. double header and get into chasing kangaroos? Brown, brown, brown. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second part of the double header, uh, Chasing Kangaroos. It's the final episode for 2019, and I've been looking forward to it for a while. La- at the end of last year, we had a hashtag Grow the Game top six moments. Grow the Game moments are those times or those moments, events that have helped grow the game or make the rugby league world a slightly bigger place. I've got the biggest tiger, Big T, with me, and we're going to talk about those moments for 2019. I'm Michael Carboni. This is the finale of Chasing Kangaroos for 2019. Bam. I've got here Tonga Beats Australia brackets, Big T not happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only nice I've got for that bit. Well, mate, uh, 
hashtag grow the game moments. It was hard to pick my top six moments for the year. Um, I've you asked, didn't. You didn't pick a top six. You picked a top ten. That's how hard it was for I you. I picked a top ten. Yeah. You made me narrow it down. You said you said top six. You can't. You can't <laughs> cheat. So there's some. There's probably some honourable mentions. I won't mention them now because then you know people might have might know what the top six are or what have you. But why don't we roll from six to one? Okay. And and we can discuss that. What do you reckon? Yeah. Did you put them? That was that order. Let's just go with that order. Yeah, it's, okay. It's no particular order, but it's let's just say it's the top six, six to one. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, number six, Nigeria win MEA. I reckon that's huge. So yeah, you know, a lot of people, not many people would have heard about this one. Your typical NRL fans, you obviously did mm. the biggest. I love that. I love that whole story. I love their jersey. I love how active they are on Twitter. They're um, they're the guy who runs the thing was, was a- talking a- to you. ABC, yeah. And and the story that he told where they're. Their bus breaks down. Oh, or sorry, t- that was Ramon Safi. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. And, and yeah. they're doing all this all this bizarre stuff that if I had to do half of it to get to work, I'd call in sick. And they're doing that just to go and play football against people. It's crazy. Like the fact that like really the four nations that played in that MEA this year were all new to rugby league except um, Morocco who are returning to rugby league. So it's a big story. It's huge for them. And, and these are nations that don't get to represent in any sport on the biggest right. stage around the world. So... Mm. Uh, and Nigeria were the best of the best this year. Uh, they'll be in the MEA again next year. South Africa are hosting next year. Um, so it'll be good to see how Nigeria goes against some of the bigger boys like South Africa. We might see Lebanon there. Uh, we might see, you know, some other nations there as well. We don't know who the other two nations will be. But I think Nigeria, like, it, it is one area that I am watching. Mm. They've had a very successful first domestic um, competition this year. Uh, grand final still to be played at the time of recording. We're probably recording a week or two before we release this episode, so it may have happened by now. But I just think in the next decade we're going to see some Nigerian-born players coming through the pathways, definitely in the Super League, maybe in the NRL, and we're going to look back to Nigeria winning the MEA in 2019 as definitely a big hashtag grow the game moment. And that, I know this sounds stupid. Middle and East Africa. What is that? Yeah, it's Middle yeah. East and Africa. And Middle East. And, and what about Toronto? I mean, is there also a North Africa Avenue? You said Super League would be a great pickup for Nigeria, but I mean, is there, is, is, well, we, can't, we constantly look at North America being uh, like hoping that it gets bigger, but is it also maybe now a middle stepping stone for developing nations to get? like take Nigerian players and they play in North America for a period of time or is it still not big enough? Look, you never know. I would prefer to see Toronto um, trying to develop North American talent, uh, maybe even some South American talent, Mm -hmm. but you never know. Like if if someone is talented enough from Nigeria, Mm. then you never know where they could pop up. At least now they have pathways where they can do that. A lot of the Nigerian clubs are affiliated with Super League clubs, which is why those pathways could become more apparent. And yeah, you just never know where it's going to go. And how and how do you know that South Africa is going to be in it next time? So South Africa have been announced as the host for twenty twenty. Uh, right. Yeah, so as hosts they'll be there. Yep. Nigeria as holders will be there. There'll be two other nations as well yet to be determined. So we'll hopefully hear about that early in the new year. Now I said before I really like Jamaica. I also <laughs> really like Russia. Yeah. How can how, is there a East Europe Cup? that I can get Serbia playing Russia in so that Russia gets better. Russia were meant to play Serbia this year oh, before no. um, before their qualifier or their qualifiers. Um, but as we know, Russia pulled out. Mm. Serbia ended up taking their place, which was um, ironic. Um, but 
Look, Russia is a troubled area. So anyone that's been following the game for, you know, the last few decades would know that Russia were like a growing nation in the early 2000s, you know. Uh, Clubs like Lokomotiv were playing like in Challenge Cups and things like that, sort of like what Red Star Belgrade are doing now in Serbia. Um, So so Russia was growing, a lot of politics there. Well, uh, Sevens rugby being in the Olympic Games didn't help because they're very big on their their Olympic Games in Russia. A lot of people switched over to rugby union and it's been that way ever since. So Russia, Russia are trying to get things happening. I am in contact with a few players and, and people from over there uh, that give me information about, you know, some there was there were some nines tournaments that happened this year and things like that. Uh, but I, I really hope Russia can build, man, because they could be a powerhouse. Because um, you said before, uh, I'm not sure if people were listening then, but Turkey was also something that was great. So that, that whole vibe there... Turkey's a great Middle East dash Europe. So if we could try and get Russia playing that that yeah. Middle Eastern kind of Middle Eastern Asia vibe. Yeah. Turkey has a lot of potential, man. There's a lot going on there and they're only very young as a like as a sport. Rugby league is very young in Turkey. Right. But there's the people behind Turkish rugby league are some of the best operators I've seen at development level. Really? Yeah, and I think they've got the smarts, they've got the passion. What are they doing? Like schools and stuff, or what are you seeing there? They're, they're just like they're, they're just their competition is consistent. Oh. They're supporting their clubs. They're organising just little things yep. that other nations can't or, or struggle to organise, yep. like having the right amount of balls and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. I know it sounds silly. No, 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 no. But there's there, there's a little bit of money there. Um, hopefully, they can build up and have more and more. But they've got women's rugby league growing. So Turkey has a lot of potential. Will it grow as fast as like a Nigeria or a Jamaica? Don't know. Mm. But there's a lot of potential in Turkey. And and the thing you said about the balls, I remember the Denver test where New Zealand played um, England and they didn't have a ball to kick off. And I remember that distinctly. Isn't that embarrassing? Yeah, right? I remember yeah. where I was. You remember where you <laughs> I was were? sitting on the couch. <laughs> but the, uh, it was about 2 a.m. But um. So yeah, you can that that kind of stuff's demoralizing. Yeah, you don't have enough balls or small little things. It just looks like people haven't thought it through or care or have respect for the. It's just hard, uh, man. It's things. hard. What's number five? Well, number five, Greece. I don't know how this is number five. I don't, we didn't order this well because Greece <laughs> into the World Cup. That should probably be one or two. Yeah, right? that should, like, yeah. Greece, like Greece is like a story for me that I'm like I'm I'm very Italian. My my heritage is Italian, right. but I feel a little bit Greece sometimes when yeah. I'm on the. Greek, one face on risco, man. That's right. One I don't know what race. that means, but one yeah. Face, one race. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's right. Sorry, um, but just we've been I've been talking about them since I think episode four. Mm. The struggles that they've had to overcome. We all, anyone that listens to this show, knows exactly what all that is all about. I won't go through it again, but. Yeah, Greece to to get to a World Cup, their very first World Cup is huge. Yeah, it's definitely a massive hashtag grow the game moment, and I hope that now um, that this World Cup qualification can help them, you know, legitimate legitimize themselves in their country, and who knows what the future could hold for for Greek rugby league. Because they they still can't play at home. I mean, they're still playing games. All their qualifiers for this, all the home games are in different countries. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Look, look. They can play at home. So one of the one of the things that people are being confused about is, you know, how like is there domestic rugby league in Greece? How is domestic rugby league happening? Anyone yeah. like and I said this on the show a couple of weeks ago, but anyone that listens to this show knows that it's happening. They've mm. got seven clubs, mm. and it's it's a decent little domestic competition. Um, 
the this they the government seems to be leaving them alone. So the guy okay. that has been causing all the trouble, uh, I won't even say his name again. Yeah. Actually, it doesn't deserve to be mentioned again. But he was the head of um, Greek pentathlon. Well, he's been kicked out of Greek pentathlon. Has he? Yeah, as far as I've the last that I've heard, he's been kicked out for similar reasons as to why the Greek Rugby League Association sort of started and, mm. like, broke away from the Hellenic Rugby League. So he's no longer there. That should There's have been moment number four, hashtag the game. That That's guy was that gone. That guy getting kicked out, <laughs> moment number one, two, and three. Yeah, so. What's his name? Let's not know his name. <laughs> Tarzos Panetsidis. No, no Tarzos, we don't know his name. We don't know. Whatever. What's his name? But um, he, um, maybe Mercho can edit that out. No, we've mentioned him before. <laughs> we've mentioned him before, so it's okay. But I just think, look, that things are a little bit easier for them, and they they – Maybe there was like a chance that they could have played that qualifier against um, Scotland in Athens. Okay. They probably could have done it, but it wasn't worth the risk. Yeah. Because if something happened, yeah. like if not having a ball at the start of the Denver test was a, was yeah. an embarrassment, <laughs> shutting down a World Cup qualifier. <laughs> moments before. Moments before yeah. would have been not not a good look, put yeah. it that way. Yeah, so yeah, they did. Yeah. they made the right decision, in my opinion, by taking the game to London. But hopefully, yeah, like I said, hashtag grow the game moment, Greece qualifies. Hopefully that changes things in their country. And they win something good. I just feel like they're going to have a big following because every rugby league fan also loves, other than me, who's happy to watch the Kangaroos beat everybody, they love an underdog. And I feel like Greece and Jamaica are that perfect storyline where people, you've got nothing against Greece. I can understand why people have stuff against Russia. So when Russia's playing, (laughs) you know, I I for some reason have a strong affection for them. But, you know, some people might want to see them beat. No one wants to watch Greece get their ass handed to them. Even the Russians in Rocky Balboa 4 chanted for USA. So that's how much people don't like Russia. (laughs) Yes. Yes. um, You couldn't be any more Italian. Not only could you not speak Italian, you brought up Rocky. Rocky, Well done. You're the perfect Italian Australian. (laughs) Mate, um... You're drinking terrible red wine. You said it's good. I You're knocking off it. all the stereotypes Maybe. of Australian and Italians <laughs> far out. Anyway. What's ha- number What's number four? <laughs> Rocky three, I think, is the one. I think even... No, Rocky four was Drago. Yeah, yeah, Rocky three. See, I only ask because Italians fire up whenever you ask yeah, her about on, Rocky. you know, you've watched the Rockies. I, I've, I did say never did, and my Italian wife insisted that I watch the Rocky four with You the- need to watch Rocky... The Godfather. <laughs> How are you married to an Italian woman and you haven't watched these movies? I did. She made me watch the Rocky one. Okay. I think it was on our honeymoon. <laughs> um, she couldn't go on. <laughs> Number four. Nines World Cup. Now, the, uh, oh, no, sorry, this isn't four. I'm going back. It's one, two, three, four. You're just giving everyone five. a hint as to what three is. I sorry. No, no, I don't know. <laughs> this one, the, the next one, Nigeria, <laughs> Greece, and then Nines World Cup. Nines World Cup? Was so much fun. The yep. Nines World Cup, the fun. And, again, I was devastated watching the women play that final and New Zealand streak away to get in front with, I think, about two minutes to go. Devastated. I, I loved that. In the men's, I was hoping Samoa could have upset Australia. I just I, – and this is the thing. I was, th- I was there – I was sort of around the whole stadium, so I was hanging out with players and yeah. wandering around the state. Media lanyard. It's so good, man. It was the best. Mm. So I love that. I love it. But um, my brother-in-law was there with one of his mates, and my brother-in-law was like me. He wants to see the Kangaroos lose. He wants to see competitive international rugby league. But his mate is like you and 99% of the Australian population. Yeah. So when we were cheering, so Samoa were playing Australia in the semi-final mm-hmm. in the men's, and we were cheering for Samoa. And my brother-in-law's mate is just looking at us, going, "What the fuck are you doing? Why aren't you? Why aren't you cheering for right. Australia?" He found it so strange. But again, I'm the minority. But 
New Zealand winning for the women's was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and just in general, like I think the product on the field was amazing. So good. But what it has done is it started this conversation of what does nines mean for rugby league? How do we use it as a development tool? Yeah. And what else can we do? Because, you know, if it's just a World Cup every four years, that's not enough. No. So I don't know. I don't know how you is feel about that. Is it big enough? Is it big enough in – I mean, I've, when when we played Tonga, I really – I was – I didn't hate it when they scored. Like I was enjoying that game but just wanted to eventually see us win. And same with the New Zealand, Australian um, in that women's game. I was loving how close it was and just wanted the fairy tale of us winning. So I, I completely get it. And while the, the New Zealand lady was up there taking, you know, doing her speech and she was saying how hard they worked and stuff, I completely got it. I was there the whole time, um, you know, and, and supporting that whole thing. And so from a rugby league point of view, definitely I definitely understand. But I'm really concerned that Australian rugby league fans aren't ready for nines. They were happy with BBL for three or four seasons, and I'm hoping that it was how BBL was run that um, turned everyone off eventually. I don't know how much more time Australians are going to give. They yeah. seem to love rugby league, but whether or not they're going to go and support nines, whereas I think nines are so important for the rest of the world, yeah. and I'm worried it's not as important to Australia. No, I agree, and because and look at the crowd at Bankwest. Mm. Like, it wasn't great. They had, I think, 12 and 15,000 from memory. Right. And it didn't look like 15 on that second day because people didn't turn Trickled up the whole out. day. They yeah, couldn't yeah. Even out. By the grand final, there was a massive gap between the semifinals and the grand final. So many people went home. Right. And, like, there was diehard rugby league fans that I was there with that went home. Yeah, right. You know, so they, there's a few things they need to tweak there. But I don't think Nines is a product for Sydney. Right. Right. So, I'd like, taking the Club Nines to Perth next year is a great idea mm-hmm. by the NRL. But... Really, they need to be using it as a development tool. So yep. you've got the America's nines, which I think can grow. Yep. I think nines would work in the UK, to be honest with you. So there's talk. A lot of people are saying they should get rid of their Super League magic round and have like a nines Ooh. round, which I think would be fantastic. And all the players I spoke to, like I spoke to Regan Grace, who plays for St. Helens. Yep. Um, he was playing for Wales at the nines. And he was just like, yeah, man, like we need to have nines back home. Like we need to have mm-hmm. nines. Like people will love mm-hmm. this. And you know, I don't know if a lot of a lot of people from that side of the world involved with international rugby league really were sold on nines as a concept until that tournament. But I know they are from that yeah, because fantastic. of that tournament. Yeah, when when that pass, that terrible pass from Callum Ponga came out to Ado Car and he scooped that up and did that kick and scored off it. He doesn't do that in in thirteens. Yeah. Isn't only he does incredible that in though? Yeah, and that but at that moment I was I went thank God this happened because this is going to show people yeah why this is. Not better, but where, where its where its strengths are yeah. against thirteens. Oh, but we could we could get to a point where, you know, Adokar and Kalen Ponga and right, and guys like that aren't playing nines. Like there could be players that's like are specifically suited to yeah, nines right, 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 right. that are playing on a, on some sort of nine circuit. Mm. I don't know if it gets to that stage, like sort of rugby sevens. Mm. Um, but I definitely think there's potential there, and and guys that maybe aren't suited to 13 aside rugby league or the NRL, they might be playing more nines yeah. than 13s. How does it go? Um, so the other great thing about um, normal week-to-week sports is that you get a Thursday to Sunday yeah. of sport. You can't really have one game of nines yeah, because it goes for such a short period of time. So they're always going to need to be yeah. like a day or, or an afternoon of it. Yeah, How does that work then? How do we get a nines competition that's not a, a weekend. I think, look, it has to be 
a circuit style, mm-hmm. but I think it needs to. I think the way we need to do it. I don't want to copy rugby sevens how they have their separate circuit, and I think they play. I don't even know how many like weekends they play around the world each year. I don't know if you follow it, but uh, they not yeah, at all. They might play Hong Kong and Japan and Australia and New Zealand, and they travel around the world playing in this nine circuit players that you've never heard of before. Yeah, Fiji are great. The USA are great. Yeah, in sevens. Um. I don't think we get to that stage, but what I think we do is have more um, sort of geographic-based competitions that lead to a World Cup. Right. So you might have a Pacific Nines. Yeah. You might have an America's Nines. You might have a Middle East Africa Nines. You might have a European Nines, and that might happen every couple of years. Yeah. And the winners of those qualify for the World Cup every four years. You might have Club Nines as well every – like – I would be if the NRL decides to have an NRL Club Nines every year, but on the fourth year is the World Cup, and other nations do things like that mm-hmm. as well. I think that works because what what I've kind of realised as well with Nines is we need to condition players for that style of rugby yeah, yeah, yeah. for it to become even an even better product than it was yeah. at the World Cup, and I think that's what we can get to. So maybe it's a mixture of Club Nines once a year in NRL and Super League. You have your um your geographic tournaments, those four tournaments every four years in between World Cups, Mm -hmm. and then you have your World Cup every four years. What about, and I just thought about this, Sam, you have a Europa League style Mm. where we have Australia has top two teams go through and we have them from all pockets of the world where eventually we end up with like a a top 16 or a top eight that then do a tournament, like which is like a world Club, club challenge. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be so rad. Bring bring all the Super League sides yeah. and NRL sides. Jamaican, blah, blah, blah. Because I think nines is a real leveler at the moment. Everyone's kind of starting off. Even Australia hasn't really worked yeah. out how to get a great Look, foothold. Cook Island smacked Tonga. Yeah, so nines. there you go. So that's huge, you know. So take the international flavour off it and I think it could even be like just club games because yeah. then, then that club is that Jamaican, um, you know, uh, give me, uh, I don't know, the Jamestown. Wigglers, there's a team I've just made up. Dumb. They're then playing the uh, Dragons nine team, yep. you know, in Jamaica. And then you've got a huge Australian market following the Dragons. The Dragons would probably lose against the Wigglers <laughs> right now. Yeah. But then we've got, but then we're also seeing all these other clubs. So you're thinking, actually, I really like this Greece team from their home thing. I should watch their league or I should. I think what we've just established, though, is there are probably a thousand ways they can take this, mm. you know. So which might be it, one of the problems. Which is why. Point four hashtag grow the game nines and the potential like it's huge. <laughs> We've so. ruined this point. It wasn't the fourth point, but anyway, yes, that one. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one because the next one is my personal favorite. We merged these two together. It's Toronto into Super League. Yeah, bringing Sunny Bill Williams. I merged those together so I could fit one more in. Obviously, yep. um, but like Toronto into Super League is obviously huge. Yeah, so having a Canadian club. I love saying that because yeah, the, the beverage yeah. Canadian club yeah. uh, in the Super League is massive. Who would have thought four years ago that that would have happened? If like no one would have believed you mm. if you, if they told you that. Um, so I think that's huge. Then signing Sunny Bill was just massive. Like yeah. it was like even our producer Paul Murchison, who's never who doesn't even like rugby league, mm. would have heard about Sunny Bill mm. Williams signing with the Toronto Wolfpack. Mm. There has been countless pages of press in, you know, in Canada, in England, in the US, in Australia, in New Zealand, all over the world about this. Mm. And all of a sudden, Toronto Wolfpack could be the biggest brand in the Super League. Mm. 
And fuck yeah, you're right. And, you know, and you know, people are going to pack stadiums from London to Catalan to watch Sunny Bill play yeah. rugby league. I can tell you, it's every home game, or I think almost every home game, is completely sold out in Toronto already. Already, they're trying to work out yeah. what they're going to do about this because they they have an issue with the weather at the very top of their season yeah, yeah, and yeah. so they're taking home games to all over the place like you just said then and so they're the games that people can get to at the moment but yeah. anything that's been played in Toronto is already set up which is the best thing I've heard for months. Isn't that crazy? That's and, so great. And the away games will almost sell out as well. Mm. So like English fans who are against Toronto being in their league complain that Toronto won't bring away fans which is just a ridiculous notion like but um, it's what they're used to over there because they can drive up and down the M62 or whatever it is and go to all the games. But I would argue that all of the home fans will come out, pack the stadium to watch Toronto. Yeah. And now that Sunny Bill's there, mm. like they'll, you know, they'll need to build bigger stadiums. So let, let's just hope that he can stay injury free. Yeah. That, you know, they can have a decent season. I don't know if Toronto, I don't think Toronto will win the Super League. No. They might not make the finals. But let's just hope they have a decent season. Don't get relegated for twenty twenty one. Think of that. But um, look, it, look, it's huge so far. Let's hope it continues. Because they, um, I was really when it, when they first went up, the first year up, first second year up, and then they missed, they lost that game to send them anything. But I've read a lot of things since, in retrospect, saying that was the best. They thing needed for them. to lose. Yeah, that game. they needed to. Yeah. And then they got so they as a club, they got so much better waiting. I, I think that. Like fans need to lose yeah. to prove that they're real fans, right? So, I, I look at the Melbourne Storm as an example. Mm-hmm. When they got stripped of all those premierships, it was shit, right? And I listened to your podcast recently with Andrew Ferguson, and he spoke about the cost in terms of junior development mm-hmm. in Melbourne because they were stripped of those. And I never thought of that. Mm. I never knew that either. So mm. that was awesome. Uh, to hear that, you know, but like what a terrible story. But the adversity that the fans went through made them cl- more closely affiliate, like right. um, dr- like grew their passion for yeah. their club. And all of a sudden there's niche fans in Melbourne that support rugby league. Um, and and Toronto needed to lose in order to for the fans to get hungrier, I suppose. Right, right. There are like, and I speak to a lot of people in Toronto that, it, it amazes me that that whole city knows what rugby league is. That whole city supports the Toronto Wolfpack. They're excited that Sunny Bill is coming. They might not know all the rules and all the history, but they're learning and they fucking love it, man. Mm. And and that's why, like, Toronto being elevated to Super League and Sunny Bill Williams, it's probably the biggest. Like, if we're ranking them properly what, six to one, it's, mm. it's at least. Internationally yeah, wise, yeah, growing it's the game. right up there. Because mm. you're right, all that media and stuff around it as well was just phenomenal. And and then the no one in America knows who that is, but but England does, and New Zealand does. They're all talking about it. But anyone that follows rugby in yeah. America knows yeah, who Sonny Bill Williams is. Mm. You know, and it's it's not a massive like population there that follows rugby, but you know they they could easily become rugby league fans. And oh, oh he's phenomenal on field, but his off field brand is also exceptional. Yeah. So. Um, couldn't have picked a better human in the planet right now there to, is n- to go there. There is nobody that they could have picked. Like, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Like, the closest to Sunny Bill would probably be Semi Radradra at the moment. Mm. 
And I don't even think he's he anywhere, hasn't achieved he's anywhere anything like close. It. No. Yeah. Because Sonny Bill won a bunch of premierships and has won World Cups. Semi Rider. Did he did he win? Was he playing for the Kiwis in twenty thirteen? I think yeah. he did, yeah. So he's won World Cups in both. But they've rugby's. won two. They won it in twenty seventeen as well, I think. No, it can't be twenty seventeen. No, they didn't. They didn't. They won twenty thirteen. But I think they he won, won two in a row though. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Maybe. I'm not, this isn't a rugby union podcast. Again, ask, ask, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's won, I'm sure, a World Cup. He has won lots of things. Yeah, uh, at least <laughs> something for you. You can't play for the All Blacks for that long and not win something. But the, uh, so I read an article that said it was going to be Sonny Bill and they were also chasing Billy Slater, but Billy Slater retired too early. Now, I don't think, well, what do you think about, does Billy have that kind of impact? Billy would have been huge. Um, and if he wanted to play in the Super League a couple of extra years if he wanted to prolong his career. Mm. I think he could have done well over there. Um, but in terms of, like, exposure and and media, like, column inches in the old school, I don't think Billy Slater is as big a name as Sonny Bill mm. only because rugby union is a more well-known sport worldwide mm. than rugby league, unfortunately. But, mm. well, let's be honest, you know. Not for, yeah. So people in Canada and America don't, really care too much about Billy Slater. Mm. I think the English fans would have, like, eaten that up, especially the Northern English fans. Right. But will will that have stretched from London to Catalan, as we said earlier, and all the way transatlantic to Canada? No. Mm. Sonny Bill's way bigger than Billy Slater mm. as a name. I'm also going to go out on a limb and say Sonny Bill's a better player. I know they play different positions, but I think if I got to choose a Players that's going to have a bigger impact, especially on a kind of newish club. That's a massive call because I think Billy Slater is the best fullback who ever played the game. Oh. So, and that's probably a big call as well. Yeah. Whereas Sonny Bill, it's hard to say with Sonny Bill. Like if he, if he stuck to rugby league for his entire career, mm. he would probably be a future immortal. Oh. Right? But, oh, you're throwing out all yeah, the nuggets. I'm loving yeah, it. Yeah, but would he be as big a name worldwide? No. Oh, no, 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 no. Definitely no. not. No, no, no. So, He's a smart guy. He's done it oh, yeah. well, you know. I'll just come back to NRL for two years, win a grand final. Mm. You know, he's he, he knows what he's doing and he's done great things for his brand Yeah, and now for Toronto's brand. Mm. Yeah, well said, sir. Um, now, another one we had was Tonga Beats Australia. That's my number one. Yeah. I mean, we covered it in the medley, but did you want to? What more can we say? Like, it's it for can me. Can they do it again? There's a question for you. The next time they play, does Tonga beat us? No, I think Australia wins the next. You've got time. all the nuggets tonight. Yeah, well, I don't. I'm, I'm usually wrong though, as well. So, <laughs> so like Tonga might beat Australia again next time. But when will that be? You know, and that's one of the troubles right. with international rugby league. Like next year, you know, Australia is going on a on a kangaroo tour of of the UK, and hopefully they they'll they'll probably play New Zealand on the way there. Hopefully they play France on the way back. Who knows what else they'll play. Um, but we might not see Australia versus Tonga again until, like, World Cup finals. If not, it'll be Oceania Cup 2022. Yeah, right. So that might be a while away. But, um, but look, I think Australia beats Tonga next time. I think it will be hard for Tonga to beat Australia twice in a row. Mm. But how fucking awesome would it be if they did? Yeah, not very. What about um, <laughs> the other issue I think Tonga's going to have is do they have a continual gener- generational turnover. Yeah. Like, do they have another Tamalolo Deva Fafita that are happy to go again? They've had, um, and his name his name escapes me right now, but the fullback who played against Great Britain when they beat Great Britain, um, oh, what was his name? 
I'm, I've mentioned it before, but I've, I forget it now. And I've had three wines, so you have to forgive me. But um, but they, I, th- I think I spoke to a guy a few weeks ago from California Rugby League, Langi Langi. He plays for um, the San Francisco Savage. He's American born and raised, but his heritage is Tongan. Right. I call him the, the, the American Tamalolo. He's right. a big boy, good player. And he said something to me that really like resonated or hit home. He said, I'm born and raised in America, but I am 100% Tongan. Yeah, wow. And that is how a lot of these, a lot of these Pacific boys feel. And even like, you know, some Europeans like Italians and Greeks mm, and Serbians mm, and Croatians, a lot of them feel that way as well, but like specifically the Islanders. Mm. So if you're born and raised in Australia or New Zealand, but you think you're a hundred percent Tongan, mm. then surely there are, there are kids growing up like that as well yeah. that are going to want to pull on that jersey. Like yeah. Tavita Pengai Jr. is a young guy. Mm. He's going to play for Tonga for the rest of his career. Mm. I think. Yeah. Again, I could be wrong. You know, he nearly came over to to New was it New, uh, New South Wales. Freddie Fitler nearly enticed him back, but you know, like I think I think Tonga might have it. The only issue that they have in terms of consistency is they don't have a halfback. Yeah, but they seem to be developing a new style where you don't need to play rugby league with a half yeah. almost. You know, yeah, and it's hard to defend fine. against yeah. because. What, you know, if you, you're looking at the same structures all year, and then you defend someone exactly who's not running right. that structure. Well, that's the thing. Like, and and Great Britain has has had issues with this, right? And England for the last couple of decades, they try to play an Australian Kangaroos brand of rugby league. Yeah, you know, and they they can't beat Australia at their own brand. Mm. They need to play an English Super League, expansive, off the cuff, super fast. Yeah, like they need to play their own brand to beat Australia because. They spend the first sixty minutes trying to keep up, and then you know it's it's difficult. Or wrestling a ruck, and they 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 shouldn't be doing that. And mm. I think what Tonga have done is they've they've they know their strengths. Yeah, Christian Wolf has been a great coach for them, and um yeah, and they've they they did the impossible. They beat Australia the week after they beat Great Britain, mm. which wasn't impossible. Everyone beat Great Britain this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was important that Tonga did too so they could be a normal team like everyone else. Side note, like Papua New Guinea beating Great Britain is pretty huge as well, not as big as Tonga beating Australia, but it just goes to show um, how important the Pacific is to rugby league yep. and how important rugby league is to the Pacific and yep. it will only be more and more so in the next few years. And is it... The the centre who's playing for Melbourne, Olam? Yeah, Olam. He's from Papua New he's Guinea. Great. How good is he? He's come through that PNG Hunter system. Yeah. You know, there's 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 actually um and uh is it um Eden Gebby? Yep. He's come through that system mm. now as well. He'll be playing for Souths. You know, there's there's and there's gonna be plenty of Fijians coming through now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is I think one of our points as well, which um Is that the laborious silver tails? The silk tails. The Cavidi silk tails. That's not what you wrote. What did I write? Laborious. That must have been a spell check. <laughs> but uh, one of our hashtag grow the game moments probably. Number one. Well, this is now the sixth. It's going to be number one. It's yeah. probably number two. Tonga, Tonga, Tonga in Australia. We've had too many wines, biggest yeah. tiger. But um, yeah, Cavidi Silktail's joining the New South Wales competition. Unbelievable. It's huge. Who, and- who, who made that happen? Was that a beady thing or is that somebody else? Petro Sivanasiva has been behind really? it for a 
six years. Like, I love it when, because he was huge for Fiji while playing, and he's yeah. just gone, this is what I do, I'm going to keep going and do it. Well, he was born there, right? Right. But I think he moved to Queensland when he was one, ended up re- representing Australia, but I think he, I'm pretty sure he ended his career yeah. in Fiji, yeah. right? I think that's true. And if he was born 10 or 20 years later, he would have been a Tamalolo, mm. you know, probably shifting to Fiji. But, um, you know, he's done great things. And the Silk Tails will do what the Hunter have done. We're going to see a lot more Papua New Guineans and Fijians coming through the NRL. Like the pathway is open. Yeah. This week we learnt, or at time of recording this week, we learnt that the Cronulla Sharks have signed a deal with the Silk Tails. Have they? Yeah. So if so, there is now a direct pathway from Fiji to the Newtown Jets Excellent. to the Cronulla Sharks. If John Morris is is you know have, likes what he yeah, sees, yeah, yeah. So that's great. I heard the Tigers were looking at doing something similar with the Silk Tails as well, which um that obviously hasn't happened. But you never know. That's not a surprise. But the-, <laughs> the media told you one thing that had nothing to do with what we were doing yet. But Hello, Literal Mitchell. I just think that this can only be a good thing for Pacific Rugby League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in five or ten years when we're having, when we're recording, you know, the ten-year anniversary of this podcast. <laughs> this medley. <laughs> this medley, <laughs> this doubleheader. We, um, we're both we're, wearing a Fijian and Tongan shirt. How, like, Rugby League will own the Pacific. Mm. If we don't already. Mm. And and I think it is so smart putting them in that reserve grade thing because, as you said, it would be stupid to try and put them into the top grade thing. It's stupid to just play them internationally or in friendlies. This is a such a smarter long-term, you're growing fan bases, you're growing players, yeah. um, you're gaining Australian interest into it, and then later that trickles into their national team. It, pe- Brilliant. People say things like, oh, Port Moresby need an NRL team. Should we get an NRL team from Fiji or Samoa or Tonga? The answer to that is we shouldn't because financially it's not viable, mm, right? Mm, it's mm. not viable. But we don't need to do that. We just need to open up those pathways, which yep. is what we're doing. Everyone in Papua New Guinea supports an NRL team, whether they're wearing Storm jerseys because Justin Olin plays for them now or yep. Marcus Bai used to play for them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like so that every Papua New Guinean supports an NRL team, We'll get to a point where every Fijian supports an NRL team. Yeah. You don't need to be American to support the Golden State Warriors. You That's right. You don't need to be English to support Liverpool FC, right? Yeah. That's what we need to get to. We just need to make sure those pathways are open and I think that's the future. Because, and the other smart thing that's happened recently is clubs are doing it because the Parramatta Eels, just as the season ended, sent a whole bunch of Parramatta blokes over with Mike Acevo yeah. to his um, part of the world where his family is now. And everywhere they went, they, they you know, they put on clinics, they chatted to people, they they drank carver, they gave out Parramatta gear. And and everyone now there is a, you know, they're already watching um, yeah. Acevo every week, but now they're all wearing the gear. They've, they've had the experience, you know, they felt like they've given back. They love That's it. It's so man. smart. I was in Fiji, I, I, we had a family holiday three years ago, and uh, Fiji had just been named like Rugby Sevens champions, right? But Jared Hayne, there's some, oh, what happened? Jared Hayne came back to Rugby League. Something happened with mm-hmm. Jared Hayne. Mm-hmm. And I, I was speaking to people over there, and there were people over there wearing like Brisbane Broncos jerseys and things like that, right? But I was speaking to the locals over there, and they, they made comments like, oh, yeah, we love Rugby Union, but we're just learning about Rugby League now. We kind of like this too, like Jared Hayne's awesome and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Maybe he's not that awesome if you, you know, mm, but whatever, person. Mm-hmm. you know, um, let's not go there, but. Views are our own. Views are our own. <laughs> but, um, but 
I think in the last three years, things have, have yeah. really changed in yeah. Fiji from what I'm hearing and from the people that I speak to over there. Mm. And, um, yeah, like rugby league, man, is is going to be their sport, I have no doubt. Five or ten years ago, Andrew Johns and Freddie Fittler would go there at the end of every season, yeah. spend two or three months or a month or two surfing and and just doing very impromptu clinics and just finding – late teens, early 20s who could run like the wind and and run through a wall. And then they would bring two or three of them back. Um, they'd put on like a, a small uh, like they th- like combine that they kind of have in America and, and an NRL team would go, okay, we'll take you for a very small amount of money and send it home. And that worked for Rod Ryder and a whole bunch of other yeah. people. That's why Fiji are doing well now. Yeah. And Fiji will be, I think they will surpass Tonga. As very, a, yeah. very soon. But that, that turned into clubs have gone, why are we waiting for Andrew Johns? Or, yeah. you know, they're now going over there and going, hey, guys, like, yeah. if you're excellent at this, don't play that. Yeah. Come with us, send all this money back or bring your family over, whatever you need to do, because we're going to make this happen for you, which is what all major sports do in every other part of the world. Soccer and, yeah. and NFL and baseball are all, baseball is full of South Americans that are going, I can do this really well. Let's go and get a better yeah. life somewhere else. And I, I believe the NRL, like the Pacific's just the beginning. Like once yeah. we conquer the Pacific, it's Asia, it's America. I've got big, I've got big plans, yeah. right? Like but, outside of the podcast, but, here we go, world domination. <laughs> but um, but it's it's happening. Even like the Pacific, man. Like you see, like like Cameron Smith is now an ambassador for Vanuatu Sport. Is he? And he will be like at the Vanuatu, not rugby league nines. Like so, even little things like that, like. There is so much going on in the Pacific that no, people don't even know about, but it's okay, happening. Okay, take me one step back. So so often we talked before about how hard you work and you find all this stuff out, like what's happening in, in random domestic <laughs> Oh, we're going back to sporting best Yeah, well, podcasts. just for a moment. Because hashtag brother game, Vanuatu, Cameron Smith. How, how? First of all, how does that come about and how did you find out about it? Um, so, Tom, this is now my number one moment of the brother <laughs> game, Cameron Smith with Vanuatu. I found out on Twitter. Um, but uh, one of the guys, and he's a listener of this show, so Ben Howard, I'll give give you a big shout out. He's one of the guys that told me that this is his favourite podcast. So like, it's the really, Jason Kangaroos one, really cool. Yeah, yeah Jason sweet. Kangaroos. He um he's in charge of Vanuatu Rugby League. He's a big Dragons fan as well. Really good guy. I uh, haven't met him in person yet, but we have a lot of chats. And he he told me about the Vanuatu. Yeah, thing. wow. Um, but and and that's sort of how it's. You asked me a question back in the first podcast of this double header. <laughs> about how I learn about things and find out things. And at the start it was due to like heavy research. Yeah. But now like I'm finding that more and more people are contacting me with information and I'm still doing a lot of research, but I've got a really good network of people from all corners of the globe that are like, hey, man, here's some news. Can you talk about it? Yeah. Social media is a hell of a drug, mate. It's so good. Mm. Really good. So yeah, that's how it works. But yeah, hashtag grow the game at game moment number one. Vanuatu, Cameron Smith, Cameron Smith from Vanuatu, one point eight. There, there are so many other special mentions like uh, Red Star Belgrade playing Challenge Cup could yeah. have been up there. You know, there's so much like activity in women's rugby league, like Brazil being in the Women's World Cup. I think could have huge ramifications. You know, Turkey, Greece, um, are playing their first women's rugby league games are huge. Like we're going to see. The Philippines playing their first game next year in women's rugby league. Malta playing their first game in women's rugby league. There is so much going on there. There are there's we could have had twenty hashtag grow the game mm. moments, but you know I, I hope no one's offended with the six that we've chosen. But 
Oh, right in. It's been an incredible year of rugby league and someone uh, messaged me a couple of weeks ago and said, man, loving the show, all that sort of stuff. He said, man, you've picked the right time to start an international rugby league podcast right. because like people are really starting to take notice. Yeah. And um, I'm just glad that I've had a very small part to play in all of that, man. It's been a great 2019 and hopefully 2020 is even bigger for International Rugby League. Yeah. I mean, at the risk of blowing smoke up your ass, I wonder how how fast <laughs> it takes off without it. Without? Without chasing kangaroos. Oh, I, I look, <laughs> I, pre- I do appreciate you saying that. Because how do we know that really? How do we know that this hasn't really kind of been happening or trying to push on in all parts of the globe forever, but we've only really all know that it's now happening because we're all hissing, hearing it from this one source? I appreciate you saying that, but I think International Rugby League explodes without chasing kangaroos. I'm the one that's just along for the ride, so and I'm just glad I've got some listeners. That if are- a light turns on in a room and no one's in it, is it really that bright? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's my point. You have had as much wine as I have, so like... Yeah, appreciate it. But, man, this has been a great doubleheader. Mm. I'm so proud to have been on your show. Yeah. Uh, and I hope I just want to quickly say to to any Chasing Kangaroos listeners, if you liked that interview, <laughs> then please listen to a few more. So, like, um, Sporting Best Friends, Big T, you've had <clears throat> Clint and Shavosky, Matthew yeah. Elliott was my favourite. You've had Timmy Brasher, Paul Gallen, mm. uh, Wayne Pearce. I think you're going to have Jamie Sat. Like, you've had some great interviews, man. Thanks. You've you've dropped the ball a little bit by interviewing me, but, like, you know, <laughs> what can you do? But yeah. if, if, if Chasing Kangaroos fans or listeners did enjoy that, then please go and listen to some Sporting Best Friends as well, Biggest Tiger, kind. Paul Murchison. So, mate, thank you very much. Imagine having the, the boss of International Rugby League on your show and then – having me, and you say, I'm dropping the ball. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Mate, uh, let's wrap this up for 2019. Yeah. Would you like to do the honours? And fuck you to Gadi. What does that mean? <laughs> but no, I don't want to turn it off. <laughs> Some people might want to sit and beat. No one wants to watch Greece get their ass handed even, to them. Even the Russians in Rocky Balboa 4 chanted for USA. So that's how much people don't like Russia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, but, um, you couldn't be any more Italian. No, not only could you not speak Italian, you brought up Rocky. Rocky, Well yeah, done. You're right. the perfect Italian-Australian. <laughs> Mate. Um, You're drinking terrible red wine. You said it's good. I You're knocking off it. all the stereotypes Maybe. of Australian and Italians. <laughs> Far out.